Jnanatimirandhasya Jnananjana Shrakaya Chakshurun Militange Natasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Mukankaroti Vachalam Pangum Laghayate Girim Jatkripatamaham Bande Shri Gurundi Nataranam Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stavitam Yena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadama Hyundadati Svapadantikam Pancha kalpa tarubhyas chakrapas and hobyevacha patitanam pavanebhyo vaishnavibhyo namo nama. Well, thanks for those of you who come to dance. I remember when I began teaching at the university, one piece of advice that we had was. Um, Play for those who come to dance. So we've got Shaman Sakirati Govinda Mohini Krishna Kumari Sharada. So um, let's take a look. Uh, let's begin to take a look at chapter five. I'm delighted um, to be um, among you again, to have this opportunity to be forced um, to spend a little time. Um, with the Sri Chaitanya Sangha devotees again, it's just uh, really wonderful. Um, we have five weeks. Uh, we have five Tuesdays in this month, which is kind of cool. So that gives us some time um, to take a look, um, uh, stop and, and uh, kind of enjoy the sights um, along the way uh, as we, uh, as we look at chapter five, I don't. Um, I don't unfortunately have a, a, a um, an overall plan yet. Um, things here have been quite busy. I've been terribly busy, and we're actually gearing up here um, at the Honolulu Iskon Center uh, this weekend. We'll have an. Um, uh, festival marking the 50th anniversary of um, His Divine Grace Shula Prabhupada's installing our deities, the first Panchatattva deities in the West. And we don't have as many of the OGs, many of the uh, original gangster types, um, devotees that were here um, back then and, and even before that in the beginning. There probably only be a few of us because we're not 22 anymore. We're not. 18 and yeah, somehow i don't know how that happened but um many most of us are probably in our 70s um, i'm in my mid 70s i'll be 75 this summer and some of the devotees are finding it difficult um to travel so um we're going to have as much fun as we can so anyway that's been demand that and, and a couple of my other projects and then just the kind of daily stuff and then the emergencies that always happen have kind of taken up my time so i don't yet have an overall plan but i do have kind of a plan um for today um at the beginning of chapter five which is called uh, uh karma sannyasa yoga the yoga of the renunciation of action this is the ancient title there two, general, I think generally two accepted sets of titles for um, the chapters in the Bhagavad Gita. And this is, uh, I think, the more ancient 
um, uh, of those titles. And at the beginning, he makes a couple of points. He shows how, um, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, how um, this is uh, kind of a shift. Uh, it's, it's sort of a continuation um, of what's being discussed in chapters three and four, but also um, that Krishna shifts gears just a little bit here. And um, he also mentions that uh, those chapters are an elaboration on the concluding section of three, uh, uh, I'm sorry, chapters five and six, the uh, last two chapters of this first section of, of the Gita are um, sort of an elaboration on the concluding section of chapter two, starting with um, uh, text 55. So I thought we'd begin, just by, since we have five weeks and we actually have the luxury uh, of doing this, we have an extra hour, if um, I seem to have the time figured out and I seem to be having generally fewer migraines and all the stuff that gets in the way and that makes it, makes me stand, well, gets in the way of my actually um, fulfilling my obligation to spend some time with you, fulfilling my desire to spend some time with you. So we've got that extra hour. So I thought we'd take advantage of that and just review those um, 12, 13 texts. So starting with text five, this is after Arjuna has asked Krishna, um, how do we know a transcendentalist? Um, how do they behave? Um, and Krishna um, where Krishna goes is mostly to internal um, behavior, more antakarana um, behavior, as we'll see. So text 55, Sri Bhagavan Urvacha, Pujahati Yadakaman Sarvan Partha Manogatan, Atmanyevatmana Tushta, Stitta Pragyas Chadochate. The Lord of Sri said, O Partha, one who, having renounced all desires born of the mind, is satisfied in the self and by the self, is said to be one whose insight is steady. Stitta Pragya. This is a um, I think an important um, indicator, someone who is um, steadfastly committed um, uh, internally and externally to always um, focusing their attention on the absolute. 56, Dukeshva Nudvigna Mana, Sukeshu Vikitaspraha, Vita Raga Bhaya Krodha Stitatir Muniruchate. Amid suffering and happiness, his mind is neither deluded nor delighted. He who is free from desire and whose passion, fear, and anger have subsided is said to be a sage of steady mind. Um, this phrase, uh, Vita Raga Bhaya Krodha, uh, we found this earlier um, in the 10th uh, verse of chapter four. Um, Krishna says that such folks, um, uh, many, uh, such people um, who had been able to overcome um, passion, fear, and anger, that they had achieved success. Many, many people, Prabhupada, the way Prabhupada presents it, 
uh, many, many people in the past um, have actually attained success uh, and um, been able to uh, attain the absolute truth. 57. Ya sarvatra bishnehas prapya shubha shubham. Nabhi nandati nadveshti tasya pragya pratishtita. One who is free from all material affection, who upon attaining that which is unpleasant or, uh, I'm sorry, that which is, who upon attaining that which is pleasant or unpleasant, neither praises nor disapproves, stands firm in wisdom. The verses like this kind of um, seem to uh, work along with the um, eighth verse of the Pramastuti. I haven't had a chance yet to um, listen in on any of uh, Padmanabha Maharaj's classes on the Pramastuti, but um, I, I know they'll always be there. And I'll, you know, when I can make some time, that's going to be one of my um, part of one of uh, some of my recreation, as well as study. So that's the verse to tame kampam susamikshamana So, you know, that, uh, that if someone is willing to tolerate both the pleasant and unpleasant things, the, the results of our past karma, and remain steady in our practice, then they're um, certainly eligible to enter the kingdom of God, certainly eligible to attain um, the Lord, um, much as um, the, uh, an heir to a great fortune needs only to stay alive uh, in order to um, realize that uh, legacy. Yada sangharate chayam kurmongani vasarvasaha indriya indriyarte tasya pragya patishtita. And when he completely withdraws his senses from their objects, like a tortoise draws its limb within its shell, his wisdom stands firm. 59. One embodied may fast from feeding the senses, turning away from their objects, but the taste for those objects remains. However, one who does the same in the course of experiencing a higher taste derived from seeing God loses the very taste for sense objects as well. Thus, he remains fixed. Yatato sixty. Yatato hapikantea purushasya vipash chittaha. Sorry. Indriyani pramatini harante prasabhammana. Indeed, O son of Kunti, the senses are so strong that they can forcibly carry away the mind um, of even a discriminating person. Tani Sarva 61. Tani Sarvani Sangyamya Yukta Asita Mataraha Vashehi Yasyendriyani Tasya Pragya Patishtita. So we see the, um, there's a sort of a light motif or, or um, pattern in this um, part of the second chapter of the Gita, um, being, being uh, uh, pratishtita, being uh, solidly situated um, in our realization. Restraining the senses and disciplining oneself, one should sit 
fixing one's consciousness on me. Such a person is known to be steady in wisdom. And fixing his consciousness in me just reminds me also of the chapter in the Uddhava Gita uh, on the process of yoga. Uh, process, uh, Krishna is teaching Arjuna the process of meditation and he describes this beautiful form of the Lord, much like the one we see um, uh, described uh, to Prahlad by Narada Muni in, in the fourth canto. Beautiful form of the Lord in great detail. And Krishna says, meditate on this form. And then he says, then you zero in and you focus on the Lord's lotus face. Meditate on the Lord's lotus face. And then he says, look off into the sky. And then finally he says, then forget the whole thing and just take shelter of me. So we see this is uh, one of my uh, acquaintances, an old, uh, an old friend uh, asked me yesterday when I, uh, or yesterday or the day before, when I posted an, uh, a reminder announcement about Bhagavad Gita classes here at the temple that um, I've organized classes um, given by younger devotees, actually devotees who aren't initiated yet, um, but sincere, dedicated, um, very smart um, devotees. Um, asked me, well, do you, have, do, you, uh, do you have a time slot for the Uddhava Gita? I said, well, yeah, actually, we'll get there in our morning Bhagavatam class. So this, I, I always like this part of the Uddhava Gita. And it gives this elaborate um, instruction in, in meditation. And he says, then forget the whole thing, just take shelter of it. So that's the point of the Uddhava Gita, as well as the point of the um, Bhagavad Gita. Jayato Vishayam Pumsa, Sangasteshu Pajayate, Sangat Sanjayate Kamat, Kamat Krodho Vijayate, Krodhad Bhavati Sammohat, Sammohat Smriti Sampa, Smriti Vibramaha, Smriti Bronsad Bhutinasha Bhutinasha Punashiti. This is something, the verse, these verses are familiar to us as well as, um, as, well, as, well as what's described. When one contemplates, contemplates the sense objects, attachment for them is born. From attachment, desire is born. From desire, frustration. And from frustration, delusion. When one is deluded, memory is lost. With the loss of memory, the power of discrimination is destroyed. With the destruction of discrimination, one's own self is lost. Ragadvesha vyuktaistu. Vishayan Indriyaishchadam, this is 64. Atma Vaishya, Atma Vashyaira Vite Atma Prasadam Abhigachati. However, even while moving among these sense objects, the self controlled one who is free from attachment and aversion, bringing his self under the jurisdiction of God, attains God's grace. So these kinds of verses will, will be very familiar um, uh, to us as we um, take a look. Um, at, uh, at uh, chapter five. So this is um, how, um, how the transcendentalists work. Uh, 65, prasadi sarvadhukhanam hanira so pajayate prasanna chesa so hyashu buddhi varya vatishtate. For the pure-minded, all suffering ceases. Without a doubt, one who has attained purity of mind soon develops steadfast intelligence. So this is a, 
a nice reminder that um, it's mercy. Prasades uh, it's, Sarvadhukhanamham. It's uh, mercy, the, the mercy of the devotees and the mercy of the Lord, the mercy of the spiritual master that actually um, destroys uh, our suffering. Unless one is disciplined in yoga, one cannot have clear intelligence. Unless one is so disciplined, one cannot engage in meditation. Without meditation, there is no peace. And how can one have happiness? without peace. Very familiar verse, and this is like a, um, a spoiler alert, I guess, for uh, much of chapter six. Indriyanam hi charatam yanmano nabitiyate tarasya harati pragyambayur navam Whichever of the roving senses the mind runs after, that sense carries away one's intelligence, just as the wind carries away a ship on water. And also a little look ahead at uh, chapter six. It's text 68. Tasmad yasya mahabaho nirghitani sarvashaha. Nirghitani sarvashaha. Indriyan indriyate yasya pragya pratishtita. Again, pratishtita. Therefore, O mighty armed, one who, is com who completely withdraws his senses from sense objects is fixed in wisdom. Yan is 69. Yanisha sarvabhutanam tasyam jagarti sanyami yasyam jagrati bhutani sarusha pasyato muni. That which is night for all sentient beings is like day for one whose senses are controlled. That which is the time of awakening for a sentient being is like the night, is like night for the introspective sage who sees. Apuryamanam 70. Apuryamanam achala pratishtam. Apuryamanam achala pratishtam samudrama apa pravishanti yadvat. Tadvat kama yan pravishanti sarve. Sashanti mapnoti nakama kami. As the ocean remains still, while, even while rivers enter into it, he who remains unmoved in spite of all desires attains peace, not he who strives to fulfill such desires. 71. Vihaya kamanya sarvan pu mangs charati nishpraha nirmamo nirahankara sashanti madhikachati. A person um, who has abandoned all desires for sense indulgence acts free from desire. Indifferent to proprietorship and free from egotism, he attains peace. Esha brahmistiti parta nainam prapya vimukiti. Stitvasya mantakalepi brahma nirvana vrchati. O parta, having attained this divine state, one is not deluded. If one is fixed in this consciousness, even at the moment of death, one attains brahman and the cessation of all suffering. So I wanted to um, uh, review those verses um, because for me, I, I, um, I find um, getting a sense of context um, always important. Uh, we, um, 
have many examples of what can happen if we take a, an idea or, or even a, like a quotation from the Shastra out of its context. Um, sometimes it's easy to misunderstand it here. Um, rather than correcting any misunderstanding, I think we have um, an emphasis uh, about uh, an emphasis um, of uh, just what it is um, to, in, in the case of chapter five, be able to act with detachment. And so both the action, as we'll see, uh, both the action and the detachment um, are presented um, here in chapter five. And we'll see um, an, even, an, an even greater emphasis on yoga and meditation um, in chapter six. So at the beginning of his commentary on the first verse in chapter five, um, I'm just gonna read what uh, Guru Maharaj, uh, Swami Tripurari Maharaj has to say. He says, in chapter three, Krishna stressed selfless action. In chapter four, Krishna glorified knowledge over selfless action. In this chapter, Krishna stresses the renunciation of action that deepens knowledge. So we have a progression here. Um, it's not that Krishna is dismissing anything that he said in chapter four when he speaks what we hear in chapter, uh, I mean, uh, he's not dismissing anything that he says in chapter three when he speaks what we hear in chapter four. And the same goes for chapter five, but he's building up. He's developing the ideas um, further with uh, progressive uh, profundity, progressive depth. So that's what we'll see um, in chapter five. So uh, with your permission, um, it's only uh, 29, uh, tech, uh, yeah, 29 texts. And I, um, I, want, I would like to um, read through these to kind of just set this so that we have a quick overview of the entire chapter before we uh, begin um, to discuss any of the particular um, features. Um, many of these verses, of course, uh, will be familiar to those of us who've been around even a little while. And certainly the fifth verse, which many devotees cite quite frequently. Yeah, I'm sure called it the peace formula. So text one, Arjuna Uvacha Sanyasam Karmanam Krishna Punar Yogam Chasangshasi. Yatreya etayore gamtan me bruhi surushtitam. Arjuna said, O Krishna, on the one hand, you advocate renunciation of action, and on the other, you advocate yoga. Tell me with certainty which of the two is better. So Tripurari Maharaj says, selfless action prepares the heart for knowledge to manifest by awakening dispassion and the firm resolve to attain wisdom. So we're very Krishna is very deliberately pointing Arjuna inward. And we'll see, as we go through the Bhagavad Gita, we see how Krishna develops his argument um, where, where he comes um, to the climax um, at the end of the 18th chapter. Um, just basically, he's just saying, just love me. Um, echoing what he said at the end of the uh, ninth chapter. So we see this, this idea, we see this instruction, this admonition 
um, even, uh, well, both in, in, the, in the very center uh, of the Gita and then again at the end. So the emphasis almost couldn't be um, stronger. And then he tells us in the next verse uh, in the 18th chapter, um, what that means practically. Forget all conventional um, senses of religion, all the things that we've discussed so far. You, you really could just set those aside and take exclusive shelter of me. And if there's any difficult, if any difficulties arise, as a result of that, even sin, if, if, even if any sin were incurred in doing so, um, I personally uh, have the power to relieve you uh, of the result of any um, sin or apparent negligence or whatever. Text two, Sri Bhagavan Uvacha, Sanyasa Karma Yogascha, Nishreya Sakarabhupau, Tayos to Karma Sanyasa, Karma Yoga Vishishite. The Lord of Sri said, both renunciation of action and selfless action lead to ultimate happiness. However, of the two, selfless action is better than the renunciation of action. So this is a nice way of characterizing um, detached action. Um, what are we detached from? We're detached from the sense of proprietorship over uh, the things that we encounter in this world. We're detached uh, from the... Um, false ego, the ahankara, the sense that this is about me, that I've done this and this is really, everything uh, revolves around me. We see, tend to see the, uh, ourselves as the center of the universe. Things are important um, according to how close they are to me. Uh, my things, uh, my family, my friends, my country, these things are um, important to me. And so the detachment is detachment from this um, false sense of who we are and what we're about. Text three. Geya sanitya sanyasi yo na dveshti na kongshati nirdvando hi mahabaho sukham bandhat A person who is free from both hatred and desires always renounced. Being different, indifferent to dualities, O mighty armed, he's easily freed from bondage and attains liberation. Text four, Sankhya Yoga Pratabhala Pravadanti Napandita Ekamapyastita Samyagubhayor Vindate Palam. Childish persons, not the learned, declare that, the contempl that contemplative life and selfless action are separate. One who practices either of these correctly achieves the same result. That destination attained by the contemplatives is also attained by the yogis. Contemplative life and karma yoga are one. One who perceives this sees things as they are. You see like this, and you see things as they are. Sanyasas tu mahabaho dhukamaptum ayogataha, yoga yukto munir brahma, nachide nadikachati. Again, we've got this attainment of the absolute, adhikachati. 
However, renunciation of action without yoga, O Arjuna, is difficult. The sage who is practiced in yoga, however, quickly attains the absolute. Yoga yukto vishuddhatma vijitatma jitendriyaha sarvabhutatma bhutatma kurvan apinalipite. Engaged in yoga, one whose intelligence is purified, whose mind is controlled, and whose senses are conquered, and who is thus identified with the self of all beings is not implicated even when acting. Eight and nine. A person who is steadfast in yoga and who knows things as they are, these are the things we've just been hearing about, this steadiness in, in, in our practice and uh, the um, um, resulting um, uh, ability to see things as they actually are. Such a person um, uh, should think, I'm not doing anything, even while I am seeing, hearing, touching, smelling, eating, walking, sleeping, breathing, talking, evacuating, accepting things, and blinking my eyes. Rather, it is the senses alone that are acting in relation to the sense objects. Of course, we see something similar back in the second chapter, uh, one of the devotees unfortunately wasn't able to give class yesterday, was going to talk about where, oh, well, the verse where Krishna or where Arjuna uh, drops uh, his bow and his quiver of arrows and, and just puts his head in his hands and he says, Govinda, I shall not fight. And uh, Guru Maharaj points out that actually Arjuna's right. He's not fighting. He's not going to fight. He's simply going to act as an instrument. Um, for uh, Krishna's satisfaction. So here uh, we have a, a different kind of take on this, the separation of the self. And, and that is that when we're engaged in pursuing um, uh, sense gratification, pursuing um, the, uh, the enjoyment of, of our sensual activities, um, it's not really us doing it. It's, it's, it's our senses uh, in, uh, relating uh, with their objects and dragging us um, along with them. Because we are marginal shakti, we're tatasta shakti, we're liable, uh, to, uh, to, we're very um, uh, open to influence. We're uh, uh, very much, um, our behavior is very much a product of our uh, environment. Text 10, one who brahmanyadhaya karmani sangram chakva lipyate nasapapena padma padma mivampasa one who works without attachment, ascribing his actions to Brahman, is not tainted by evil, just as a lotus leaf is untouched by water. So we know that the lotus leaves have this waxy substance on, the, on their surface. So um, uh, a drop of water will beat up, stand up um, on that. And so the lotus leaf is not, doesn't actually become wet. Text 11. Karma yogis act with the body, mind, intellect, and even senses solely for the purpose of purification. What they do, they do only for their own elevation. 
um, having renounced attachment. Yukta karma palang chakva shantim apnoti naishtikim, a yukta karma karena hale sakto nipadhate. A person disciplined in karma yoga, having renounced the fruit of actions, attains lasting peace. A person who does not practice karma yoga remains attached to the fruit of work and is entangled by his actions. Sarva karmani manasyas, text 13, sanyasyaste sukambashi, navadvare pure dehi naiva kurvan nakarya, mentally renouncing all actions. One happily resides with self-control in the city of nine gates, neither acting nor causing action to be performed. 14. Nakartitram nakarmani lokasya surjate prabhu nakarmapala sangyogyam sangyogam swabhavas tu pavartate. The Lord creates neither a person's agency of actions nor the result. All this is done by the person's conditioned nature. Nadate kasyachit papam nachayva sukhtangit. So these verses 14 and 15 are something that we'll discuss in a little more depth later. Nadate kasyachit papam nachayva sukhtang vibhu agyane nabhritam gyanam tenam mukhyanti jantava. The omniscient Godhead does not accept responsibility for anyone's good or evil deeds. Beings are deluded because their knowledge is covered by ignorance. Jnana tu tadagyanam yesham nashitam atmanam. Tesham aditya vajjnanam prakashayati tattara. For those whose um, ignorance of the self has been destroyed by knowledge, another theme uh, throughout Bhagavad Gita, you certainly see it in chapter 15, um, that same knowledge reveals like the shining sun the nature of their relationship with God. So this evokes a little bit of verse from, I think, Shreta Swatara Upanishad, perhaps one of the first Upanishad verses um, I learned back in 1970. That for those great souls, those Mahatmas, who have identical faith in the Guru that they have in, in the absolute truth, all the imports of Vedic literature are revealed. They reveal themselves. So here we see that when we've allowed knowledge, uh, th this knowledge, this mercy to destroy um, uh, the, the ignorance um, that covers our actual knowledge of the self, that knowledge reveals the nature of, the, of our relationship with God. Also uh, evokes a little bit the beginning of the Yoga Sutras or we see yoga shtivriti nirodha, that yoga means stilling the actions of the subtle body, especially. Um, and in such a state, the seer is actually able to live in its own nature. We actually become, uh, you know, what, once we've been able to still the agitations of the mind and senses, the intellect, um, the ego, um, then we'll be able to live um, as who we really are, as consciousness directly connected uh, in service with the absolute truth. 
That This is text 17. We'll get there. Oh, it's only 6.08. That's, I worry sometimes when I'm doing this about the time. Those whose intelligence is absorbed in God, whose minds are fixed in God, whose faith is in God, who are devoted to God, and whose impiety has thus been cast off through knowledge, go to that place where one does not again take birth. This is uh, our first hint of the nature of the spiritual world, a place from which one uh, does not fall, except uh, by special arrangements, as, as we see in the um, third canto of Srimad Bhagavatam in the case of Jaya and Vijaya. Um, when um, the Kumaras realize that their curse, um, that Krishna will actually make the curse against Jaya and Vijaya to live in the material world because they're seeing distinctions where there are none. Um, when they realize that, they think, wait a minute, these guys just offended us, a couple of uh, you know, Brahmin realized sages, but we offended, uh, we offended the Lord's personal associates. If their fate is to be cast in the material world for some number of lifetimes, what might ours be? And the Lord says, don't worry, don't worry. This is all a big show that I've arranged to satisfy their desire, to satisfy my desire. They, Jaya and Vijaya being, as Srila Prabhupada puts it in one of his purports, most intimate associates of, of Lord Narayana, understand that he also has this um, chivalrous, martial spirit in, in, in his nature, and that there's no one in the material world fit to fight with him. So they have to do that themselves. So they had this desire to satisfy the Lord's desire, and so therefore he made this big elaborate arrangement. So he was calming the Kumara's um, uh, fears. Don't worry, don't worry. This is a, I, I, this is a special arrangement I've made just, just for this occasion because I've got something to do. And um, so, um, and, and in his purports there and in at the beginning of the sec, uh, seventh chapter where the one place where this overtly the idea of falling down from the spiritual world overtly is voiced. Narada Muni tells uh, King Yudhishthir, oh, and, and by the way, those two cousins of yours, uh, Dantavakra and Shishupal, those guys actually used to live in Vaikuntha as personal associates, associates of Lord Narayan. And Yudhishthir is like, what? What the heck? No, it's impossible. He says it's simply not possible because their bodies are uh, constituted uh, uh, of, of, as Lord Chaitanya says, of the devotee's body once they surrender to, to, to the Lord. Chidananda uh, Moy, their bodies are made of spiritual, constitutive spiritual substance. It's not, it's not possible for them to fall down. This is, so Narada Muni says, yeah, yeah, I know. There's a story here. And so this is, uh, this is where, how we get set up for the Leela uh, between Lord Nursingadev and Hidam Yakushiku. So go to, and, so, and we'll see this echoed uh, three more places in three more, at least three more verses in, in the Bhagavad Gita, um, that place um, from which going no one returns. 
then another very familiar verse, Vidya Vinaya Sampanne Brahmane Gavihastin Shuni Pandita Samadarshana. Those who are wise see equally a Brahmana endowed with learning and culture, a cow, an elephant, and even a dog or a dog eater. Uh, in text 19, even here in this world, those whose minds are established in impartiality conquer rebirth. As the absolute is faultless and impartial, they too become established in the absolute. Naprashit priyam prapya no dvijit prapya cha priyam sthira buddhira sammudho one who knows the absolute, who is established in the absolute, and who is fixed in the absolute in, in intelligence, does not rejoice on attaining something pleasant, or become repulsed on a, on attaining something unpleasant. This is um, uh, this is a familiar. Uh, situation for most of us that when something nice happens to us we celebrate and when something bad happens to us um, we become at least downcast uh, angry depressed frustrated whatever um, so we need uh, to move beyond this so we're all because we're always swinging back and forth between these things uh, Krishna says uh, in the Gita that our, our attachment to the enjoying the objects of the senses is actually the source of our suffering. Dhuka yonai evate. Yoni meaning literally womb um, or figuratively the origin. Text 20. Now prashashit priyam prapya no dvich. Oh, I just did that. Text uh, 21. One whose mind is not attracted to sense pleasure, who finds joy in the self and whose self is united with God in yoga, attains unlimited happiness. And here we go. Adyantava kante, adyantavanta kante, nateshu ramate mapabuddha. Certainly, pleasures born of sensual contact are nothing but wombs of misery, since they have a beginning and end, O son of Kunti. The wise do not rejoice in them. We get all excited about something nice that happens. Um, an example from my own life was many years ago after um, spending considerable time and energy, and even money um, looking for um, permanent employment rather than being um, a part-time uh, instructor on, on a number of college campuses, college and university campuses. Um, I got a tenure track job full-time, um, what generally is a permanent job uh, at, at, uh, actually at a college that I thought was my first choice for, for teaching. Um, and um, after I was offered the position, I actually told the uh, president of the college 
when I when we hung up, I said, uh, yeah, if you'll excuse me, I think I have to just kind of like jump around the apartment for a few minutes. Um, and then a few years later, when I wasn't awarded tenure because of the, mostly because of the chemistry between the department chair and me, then there was a big depression. It was a very, it was a very, very difficult uh, moment for me emotionally. Even though intellectually I understood that it was, that the whole situation was providential. I mean, I, there was no reason um, other than that um, uh, poor chemistry that I um, shouldn't have gotten uh, that position. But Krishna had made some arrangement. Perhaps I was a little too comfortable uh, living in our modest little home in the country, in the middle of an island in the smack in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um, and even though our spiritual practice, my wife's and my spiritual practice was not just solid, but actually progressive, still seemed perhaps I was just a little too comfortable with that. And uh, so Krishna says, well, you know, you like your cage, I know how to rattle it a little bit. So here we go. So this is my own experience with that. Uh, if I hadn't gotten that job, I wouldn't have gone through the emotional pain that I experienced when I lost it. And so getting that job was actually a source of misery. A person in this world who can tolerate the agitation that arises from desire and frustration until he is liberated from the body is fixed in yoga. He is happy. He is a human being. So Arjuna says, well, tell me what a transcendentalist looks like. And he says, well, he looks like a real human being. Um, someone who's happy because they're not um, disturbed by the uh, vicissitudes of material nature. Um, yogas chitti, uh, yogas, uh, yogas, uh, yogas, chitti vritti nirodha, chitta, chitta vritti nirodha. They're, they're living in as, uh, as consciousness, undisturbed by all these vicissitudes um, of material life. Text 24. Oh, we will be able to finish. Yonta sukon tararamas, tatan tair jyotireva yaha, sa yogi brahmanirvanam brahmabhuto dikachati. Again, this attainment. How? One who finds happiness within, who delights within, who is illumined within. Such a yogi is established in self-realization. I'm sorry, such a yogi established in self-realization attains the cessation of material existence in Brahman. Text 25. Lavante Brahmanir Vanam Rushayakshina Kalmashaha, Chinna Dvaidha Yatatmana, Sarvabhuta Hiterataha. The seers who is impiety has been vanquished, another theme we see in this chapter. This is coming up again. The ignorance and the impiety are vanquished. How? By mercy. Uh, by uh, exposing ourselves to, ourselves to the knowledge that destroys uh, that ignorance and impiety. The seers whose impiety has been vanquished, whose doubts have been slashed, who are self-controlled and live for the welfare of all beings, attain the cessation of material existence in Brahman. Kama krodha vimuktanam yatinam yatachetasam abhito brahmanir vanam vrtate viditatmanam. 
those renunciates who are free from desire and anger, who have controlled their minds and know the self, attain the cessation of material existence in Brahman, both here and in the hereafter. Texts 27 and 28. Sparshan kritva bahir bahyam chakshus chayvan tare bhuvaho. Pranam panao samao kritva nasabhyantarachalino. Yatendriya mano bhutir munir moksha purayana. Vigatecha bhaya krodo yasada mukha evasaha. Shutting out external sense objects, fixing the eyesight between the two eyebrows equalizing the incoming and outgoing breaths that move through the nostrils, restraining the senses, mind and intelligence, and dedicating oneself to liberation. He uh, from whom desire, fear and anger have departed is forever liberated. And then Krishna closes the chapter with a very familiar verse. Bhoktadam yagyatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram suhradam sarvabhutana Knowing me to be the enjoyer of the results of sacrifice and austerities, the great controller of the entire world and the friend of all creatures, one quickly attains peace. Um, so this is what Srila Prabhupada uh, put forward as uh, Krishna's peace formula, because this is how we um, attain peace, by going within, Arjuna is ask, asking at the end of the fourth chapter, how can we recognize a transcendentalist? How does a transcendentalist move? What do they, what do they talk about? What are they thinking about? How do they dress? How do they sit? And, uh, and Krishna says, well, the main thing is what's going on in their hearts. Uh, and that actually gives them peace. That actually affords them happy, the happiness that everybody's seeking. So these three things, Pokdaram Yogatapasam, Sarvaloka Maheshwaram, and Suhradam Sarvabhutana. Um, I've always liked the way Guru Maharaj discusses this, that uh, I am the actual beneficiary of all that you do, including your austerities and penances and sacrifices that you engage in, all these things. And I'm also Sarvaloka Maheshwaram, also the Supreme Lord of all the worlds, so what does that leave for us? Suhridang Sarvabhuta. It leaves me. What's left for you is me. And I happen to have everything. Everything's under my control. It's all mine. It's completely under my control. And you've got me. How do you have me? Suhridang Sarvabhuta. We're going to talk about this a little bit more um, when we get to the end of the chapter. But I just want to, I really like the, uh, use of this word sukrit. Srila Prabhupada points out sometimes that there are three broad kinds of friends, um, Bandhu, Mitra, and Sukhrit. So I think Bandhu is like an acquaintance. Mitra is a friend, a buddy, um, you know, someone who is uh, dear to you. But Sukhrit, that's someone whose heart belongs to you. Sukhrit, they have good heart. They have a good heart for you. They're always, as Srila Prabhupada signs his letters, always our well-wishers. So Krishna is, is, is claim, making this claim. I am God. I'm the controller of everything. I'm the owner of everything. 
but I am also the dearmost friend of you and every living entity. So you're not going to want for anything uh, when, when you, if you surrender to me. Um, I become yours and you become mine. And we see this, uh, especially in higher stages um, of Bhakti. Srila Prabhupada sometimes defined Krishna consciousness with this very high standard. He understand this is real ego, that I am Krishna's and Krishna is mine. These are signs of higher stages of bhava and prema. We see that in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. This mamata, this transcendental mamata, sense of possessiveness of Krishna. But it's a reciprocal possessiveness because we understand that uh, we also completely uh, belong to Krishna. So that's um, a, a, a kind of an, a little background and overview. Uh, um, Guru Maharaj uh, uh, advises the beginning of his commentary on, on the first text in chapter five, that uh, chapters five and six are actually building on three and four. So none of these chapters rejects the others. They build and they develop, Krishna develops his argument, as I said, by a progressive depth, progressive profundity until he gets to the very end where he gives the most confident, the most confidential knowledge. Almost, if I tell you, I have to kill you kind of confidential. The most secret of all secrets. And when I get to you know, the end of the, uh, that, uh, the, end of the uh, 18th chapter, I often advise devotees, now it's time to buckle up because Krishna is gonna tell us the most secret of all secrets and it's gonna be um, an exciting ride. Uh, we have, five minutes left. So um, I'll stop here and see if anyone has um, any comments, questions, anything to contribute, any reflections um, on anything um, they heard that uh, they found interesting or that they would like to interrogate. Ah, I see Kanaram has unmuted himself. I was expecting this. Thank you. Have a nice class, Maharaj. Um, I appreciate your your phrase when you were saying that you'd gotten a little comfortable. And Krishna, if you if you like your cage, Krishna knows how to rattle it. I, I like that. The um, from you all, I hadn't actually thought of that part before. What's that? I, I hadn't actually thought of that part before. That if you're a little comfortable in your cage, Krishna has a way of rattling. It, that I, I hadn't really thought of it. So that was inspired by you all. <laughs> but um, but I, I, I had a, just a, a bit of a reflection, I guess, that Heather is now working toward her tenure track position and I, she's working very hard for it. It's a dream and her longtime ambition. And, and I think it's great, but I, so I'm trying to encourage her, but I, I see where my, my samstar for, um, giving her some, like, I don't know, a, a dose of reality. I have a samskar from that, having heard your story, uh, to say like, well, in, you know, like you're, you have this big dream and it's great, but I don't think it's gonna be as wonderful as you think it's gonna be when you get there. So I'm trying to be encouraging and I'm trying to keep bear in mind the, the perspective for, for for her sake about it and, and for mine as well. So. Yeah, we're still there with those people. 
And, um, you know, when we, when we, by the time we come up for tenure after whatever it is, four or five years, um, they've gotten to know us and we've gotten to know them. And a big part of the deal is um, their decision is, is this someone we want to spend our you know, time with for the next 10 or 20 years or more? Mm -hmm. Still pretty young, so uh, you know, could be you know could be a long haul. However, also by the time we get there, most of us succeed. It's a it's a huge grind. I I remember um, how much work went into putting everything together. You've got to put together tables uh, showing how your student evaluations and your peer evaluations make you make you look great. And I mean, it's just a huge thing. Um, and you, you know, you work and work and work and work and work toward it and you hope, okay, you kind of cross your fingers and stick it. Well, for me, it, it, it was a, it was a little more on edge because I was a little more on edge because I knew that, um, Pam wasn't happy that I, we had completely different approaches to teaching writing. Hers was more utilitarian. Mine was at writing as a way of thinking and um, between that and the fact that she's like hyper-organized and I'm not, um, mm. just made it a kind of a difficult haul. And she had been there forever, so she knew how, she knew which levers to pull and button, buttons to push to, to torpedo my effort uh, with the uh, tenure committee. So, and, um, and it was hard, but, um, you know, the five years that I was teaching there uh, weren't, as, as you suggest, all that I hoped they would be either. Um, this is life in the material world. We, uh, somebody's, uh, oh God, I heard somebody say it really nicely just in the last two days, I think. Something about expectations beget, beget disappointment. Mm. Uh, so that, you know, the higher expect our, our expectations, um, the, the greater the disappointment that may come or, or that will come inevitably. Um, because um, as we s saw in, in, in chapter five, um, even the best of our attainments are, are uh, temporary. You see this also at the beginning of chapter two, where these devotees here are, um, in one of his purports, Srila Prabhupada refers to the verse where, when your pious credit runs out, uh, even if you attain swarga, when your pious credit runs out, fall back down into a nasty place like this. Thank you, that's a, that's a good, and I have all best wishes um, for Heather. Uh, I have no doubt. I, I'm actually quite confident that, you know, that she'll get tenure. No. If she doesn't, because of her spiritual practice, that she'll be able to weather it quite easily. Yeah. The part is, if you don't get tenure, then you have to go. <laughs> start looking again, which is, you know. She's got a sharp resume. She'll land on her feet. She certainly will. Certainly will. But I don't think it'll come to that. I think she'll I think she'll, um, she seems to have fit in uh, and, and made quite wonderful contributions there. So I'm sure that uh, their appreciation for what she's brought um, to the school will um, get her over the line so that she can continue. Um, a quick comment from Sharada. It's hard for a devotee who's alone to recognize what is ego or hankering or possessiveness, possessiveness without sangha or guru, or has opposition to his own practices. But my feeling then is that Krishna will recognize their intent and this will carry them through with thanks. 
Oh, well, it also will carry them through with thanks. With, with thanks as shared as, anyway. So that's a fact. Uh, we need the best association we can, but ultimately um, what it all boils down to is that Krishna is Bhavagraha. We see that in um, Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat. Uh, uh, I don't remember the context at the moment, but uh, uh, the verse is uh, a foolish person may say Vishnaya when uh, Vishnave is more uh, appropriate. Uh, but uh, whatever the case, Krishna is Bhavagrahi. Krishna um, sees the, the devotee's intent. And so, um, you know, we see. Um, uh, that Krishna tells us uh, the essential ingredients uh, for something to be acceptable to him. In that verse twice, he tells us that the essential ingredient is, um, is our bhakti. Whatever, bhakti, whatever bhakti we bring, whatever our intention is, Krishna understands that. And this is one thing that uh, the devotees, the younger, especially devotees that I've been working with, that um, I've been able to share with them is that really it's about our intention. And these are such smart, sincere devotees that I, um, I see such a happy future in them. Uh, because as Srila Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami says, uh, sincerity is invincible. Um, so, um, yeah, that's a fact. Um, so, but when we're alone, when we're when our close company isn't supportive of our practice, and we don't have um, you know, physical proximity, we don't have uh, uh, we're not able to spend much time uh, personally with the guru. Then we take the uh, instructions of the guru as as um, uh, as the, the pride of our as our pride and joy. Uh, you know, as the the most important thing in our life, um, and um, and you know, we uh, prosecute our spiritual practice um, as sincerely as we can, and Krishna will respond. It's, it's not a race, it's not a contest. Um, bhakti is the most powerful thing there is. So certainly when um, she uh, uh, inhabits someone heart, someone's heart, it's pretty much game over. She always wins. Uh, Krishna, bhakti, only bhakti has the power uh, to bring us near to Krishna. Only Bhakti has the power. This is a Vedic text that says, only Bhakti has the power to show us Krishna. Only Bhakti has the power to completely overwhelm Krishna. Therefore, Bhakti is the most powerful thing of all. So we bring whatever Bhakti we have. We bring whatever sincerity we have, even if we um, feel we don't have any Bhakti. But the thing is, if we're in the company of devotees, Bhakti is certainly there. We get bhakti. Bhaktiya sanjataye bhaktiya bhagavatam says. We get bhakti from bhakti. We get bhakti from the bhaktas. So, um, yeah, so that sincerity is actually our, uh, our, our secret ingredient that we add to, to all of our activities. Thank you so much for the wonderful comment. Um, is there anything else? Okay then. Oh, it's happy to see Gorni Ryan here. I haven't spent time with Gorni Ryan for a long time. Well, maybe actually in a previous class. Um, 
with that, um, I will uh, ask your permission to end the session and, uh, and with great gratitude um, for your company and, and for the opportunity and gratitude again, always, as always, to Padmanabha Maharaj for um, giving me this, this opportunity um, to associate with you and to focus um, uh, on the um, sacred words of, of the Lord and, and our Acharyas. Thank you all so much. Pancha kalpa tarubya strakrapasan bhogya evacha patitanam pavane pyo vaishnavi. Hare Krishna. Sri Parvakya Bhayashtra Maharaj ki jai. Or Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Oh, you're very welcome, Gornarayan. Thanks for coming. Hare Krishna.